Welcome to Devotions in the Deep End. I'm Cam Buchanan, and this is a carefully crafted devotional journey through the New Testament. Let's venture into deeper water as we consider what it means to follow Jesus in the world we live in now. Welcome back to Devotions in the Deep End. We are learning about the ways of the kingdom of God through a series of teachings known as parables. If you go to where you listen to your podcasts, you'll find in episode 36 a short presentation on what parables are and how we can engage with them. The parables we've explored so far were spoken in the public sphere, but these next ones involve those who have followed Jesus back to his lodgings. In other words, Jesus is now teaching a smaller but more engaged group in a more intimate setting. With that in mind, let's read from Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 to 46. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. These parables speak into the worth of the kingdom that Jesus is inaugurating. We've all heard stories of those who win the lottery, people who win insane amounts of money and even being the sole winner of literally millions of dollars. It's tax-free and it's theirs to use completely as they want. This would mean that they could, if they wanted to, leave their jobs and go and live the high life, at least for a season. Or hopefully they could stay grounded and invest wisely. Usually, these stories are told in the news in a feel-good way. An unsuspecting person or group of people suddenly found wealth in a one-in-a-million sort of way, and it revolutionized their lives. The man in Jesus' parable got a similar opportunity. He is in a field that he clearly does not own. He is most likely pushing a plow or something like that, when it hits what he at first thinks is a rock or a nice thick tree root. He works it over a bit, but the plow is not budging. So he digs in there with his hands, and lo and behold, it's not a rock, it's not a tree root, but a box. He opens it up and instantly recognizes that he has something precious in his hands. Suddenly, the realization sets in that this is his for the taking. Today in Australia, the ethical thing to do would be to take this treasure to the police station and perhaps claim it three months later if the original owner never happened to surface. Back then, it was different. The law of the rabbis taught that scattered money belonged to the one who found it. It was literally finders keepers, provided it was beyond question that someone else had a claim. But while the land belonged to another, that treasure would never truly be in his hands. So the parable leads us to his response. He musters up everything he has, his belongings, his donkey, his small single room home that he built with his own hands, his prized possessions, anything he can find. And he sells it all in the hope that he has enough to purchase what he truly desires. The next short parable takes a similar thought, but provides a much more intentional process. We've got the story of a pearl merchant, an expert in his field, who was on the lookout for that one great item for his collection. In ancient times, the pearl was considered one of the loveliest items ever created. And as wonderful as they were, this man had seen pearls come and go, 
and he'd seen varying values in them. But at this point in his life, he had never found that special one that truly took his breath away. But one day in his travels, that moment comes. He is walking along the seashore, perhaps somewhere like the town of Broome in Western Australia, where deep swimmers have gone in search of these items, and it appears front and centre before him. That pearl is right there. It has all the perfect markings and symmetry. It has the sheen just right. It is perfectly spherical. It is a completely breathtaking item. And the merchant knows right there and then that he must have that pearl in his possession. Again, like the other guy, he grabs anything he can find and sells it in order to afford that single precious item. This parable presents to us a great picture of the way the gospel of the kingdom reaches our hearts and lives. For some, the kingdom will be found seemingly by accident. That is, in a way that is totally unplanned for and where those that hear are taken by complete surprise. I personally was one of those people, with the gospel presented to me in a random department store elevator. There are loads of people out there with stories of how Jesus took hold of them seemingly out of nowhere. And then there are those who were on an intentional search for truth. Perhaps they even got a little disillusioned along the way until that certain perfect pearl came their way. Those who are born into Christian homes often come to faith this way. It's not uncommon for kids in such homes to seek all around for truth before coming to that conclusion that their pearl of great price was Jesus all along. There are others in the world who actually concern themselves with philosophy and deep thought and intellectual pursuit in the hope that they too would find that perfect pearl which captivates them so much to invest all they have into it. One of the great second century church fathers was a guy named Justin Martyr. He was one such man who lived in pursuit of that sort of pearlescent truth. He was a Samaritan who studied all the wisdom of his day from the Stoics and the Epicureans and guys like Plato and many others in a long and patient search for truth. It wasn't until he had a solid discussion with an old Christian man and a subsequent visit to the Old Testament to see Christ foretold in those pages that he made Jesus his pearl. And he gave everything he had to pursue it, eventually costing him his very life. So we have those that get taken by surprise, and we have those that actively seek. But when they both find their treasure, the response is the same. Colossians chapter 2 verse 3 tells us that in Christ, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found. And to these men, nothing else mattered anymore. This treasure was worth laying everything down for. The kingdom of God became their single item of value and their life's pursuit became that single cause. Now, let's reflect on that. Friend, what is the value of the kingdom of God to you? Can you resonate with the patient and deliberate pearl merchant, or the accidental millionaire in the field? Is Jesus and his kingdom way that thing of value that you would do anything to keep hold of? Are you truly captivated by his and its loveliness? When you hold it to the light, does it take your breath away? When you stop and consider his perfect presence, do you consider everything you've seen before as nothing by comparison? Is the kingdom of God, is Jesus, an actual treasure to you? Or is it just another box that you'll never open in a field? Or another pearl that gets pushed aside while we keep on looking? The poor man in the field made some deliberate steps 
and we can interact with these ourselves. First, he rehid the treasure. He knew its worth and was all about preserving it for himself. In Psalm 119, we read these words, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Next, we see he's rejoicing, even though the field is still not in his possession. There is anticipation and there is the thrill of the absolute bargain he is going to get when the deal is done. And then there is the actual purchase. This is key right here. For any transaction to be final, we know that both the seller and the purchaser need to agree to the terms of the purchase. Well, Jesus offers the kingdom, knowingly offering the unclaimed treasure in it at a truly bargain price. Think about that. Jesus was willing to offer the kingdom of God to those who would embrace its way at a price where he himself would take the greatest loss. It would cost his own life because the guy wanting the kingdom could never truly afford its real worth. And that would be treasure enough for this eager purchaser. He would be all too happy to pay the bargain basement price of everything he had to be able to access this kingdom. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, Paul writes this, What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ. This kingdom hasn't been seen in full yet, because that is set aside for eternity. We are still living in that anticipation of the field with the treasure in it. The terms have been agreed to, and the transaction is in progress. The full possession comes in eternity, and we are called to persevere and remain faithful till that day. As we consider the words of the Apostle Paul, nothing else matters. To those listening who are believers already, keep Jesus as your treasure. If Jesus is Lord, then you already have that pearl and treasure in your possession with the certainty of eternity being truly great. And if he's not yet, then I pray that you'll be one of the ones who comes to the end of their searching, even now, as you consider the true worth of Jesus and the kingdom he brings. Thanks for tuning in. To stay in touch, like our Devotions in the Deep End Facebook page and subscribe on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I look forward to catching up next time.